All right, folks, welcome to the first ever, first ever brand new podcast, first ever episode of the Take Makers podcast. Is it Take Makers Woo! show or Take Makers podcast? We decided that yet or just both? The Take Makers. The Take Makers. All right, boom. We're the Take, We're makers. The take makers. It's the 10th Woo! annual first edition of the Take Makers. Yes. First edition of the Take Makers. Um, and we're just going to be here to give you the best sports podcast with everything you need to know about sports with the best takes every week. We're going to do this once a week, uh, maybe twice a week during football season if we have if we have the time. And it's going to be a lot of fun. But first, all right, my name's Dan Coover. I'll be the host. I'm here with Matt. Matt, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Me too. And Billy, how are What's you, my up? friend? I'm doing swell, sir. How are you today? I'm doing lovely, man. I'm, I'm. We were just sitting here talking, and it is right now 11.40 a.m. on a Saturday. And we said, in four weeks from right now, on Labor Day weekend, there better be college football for us to be sitting mm. down and watching. That is the main goal here. Because just think, I'm like, Saturday morning we're recording this. It's nice. I love recording shows on Saturdays. But you know what's even better? Watching college game day, getting excited to watch, seeing Lee Corso with the – just everything yes, is sir. perfect. And I, and I miss it. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be on the show. It's going to be a really fun time. Uh, we'll probably have some guests in here every once in a while as well from 366 Sports. Um, but, yeah, so but it's going to be mainly be us three. We're very, very pumped for it. But we got some news to get to. So we got a couple bad boys in the NFL. Um, bad boys, bad, bad boys. boys. What you going to do? What you going <laughs> to do when we come for you? Literally, because yes. the, the police are actually coming for a few of them. Yeah, several. There was a picture um, yesterday on Twitter. Uh, former LSU running back and current Washington no, DC former, former Washington. Former, yes, Ooh, that's a picture. Former. Um, look at the red. Look, excuse me. Look at the R word. Oh, 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 Washington. No, DC NFL football. Team. Yeah, that wasn't Dan, cool, man. That wasn't cool. Dan is Dan is muted for a minute. You are muted for okay. you cannot talk until forty two. You okay. are muted for a minute. So Darius Dice, four charges of domestic violence, including a felony for strangulation. So like he could act like I'm pretty sure like he could he could, you know, physically go to jail for a, a while for this. And Washington did the right thing. And they cut bait, like immediately. They cut mm -hmm. bait immediately. Which I mean they kinda had to, right, Billy? Well, I mean, they could they honestly no, they didn't have to. They could have played the card where they go, well, we got to let the legal system play out. I actually I think they deserve the props for just cutting ties immediately. I think that's a strong move from a team that has not shown that they make a whole lot of strong moves recently. So I, I will say this, right? I will say this. If he had played more than five games in two years and it was, you know, like a, you know, it's a brand new coaching staff, a brand new decision maker. Obviously, they're like, oh, you know, like he's played five games in two years. He hasn't been very good in those five games. So, Dan, you can talk now. Well, <laughs> before, I talk, before I talk again, I just want to um, I just want to say I want to apologize to all of our fans <laughs> for saying the R word by accident. Um, that was not acceptable in today's climate. Um, and I apologize from the sincerity of my heart. Um, I will say this, Darius Geis, I disavow him from LSU. As an as the token LSU fan of 366 Sports, I disavow Darius Geis. He's mm. he's just, he's disavowed. You vacated the records on that one, huh? Yeah, he's. I, 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 I funny enough, I have. Yes, I have an LSU goat list on my phone. And I don't know why I do this because I just love LSU players, but I have an LSU goat list. I took him off the list. He used to be mm. in the top ten of the list. 
He's no longer on the list. So is, this, is this just like top players that you've seen play for LSU, or is this top players from LSU into the NFL? Is it a mix of both? Because no, it's just it's NFL. just my it's just my favorite players since I became an LSU fan in 2016. It's been my favorite okay. players. Okay. Who, who and the list? Joe Burrow's number one. Odell Beckham's number two. And then Booger McFarlane, Booger McFarlane, number three, right? Booger McFarlane's definitely on the list for sure. Um, okay, he's an honorable mention outside of the top <laughs> ten, but he's my favorite LSU announcer. <laughs> but yeah, Darius Geis disavowed. Um, and you know what? Honestly, I expected more from him because he was so good in college. He was such a good player, and now he's never going to play in the NFL again. I mean, he's done. No, he's done. I, I think it, when you're a 2018 second round pick, you've been in the league for two years. You've played a total of five football games. And on, I think I think you know like eighty percent of his production came in like two of those games. The rest of the games he was pretty bad. Uh, there's there's just there's no way there's no way a team's gonna take the media hit of signing a guy with that kind of record. I mean maybe yes. in like a year we'll see him latch on to a, a team in training camp if he's not proven. And I, I think it's gonna be more like what like the Raiders just did with Jeremy Hill, and they're gonna <laughs> sign him for seven days and cut him. Which I think Jeremy Hill oh, yeah. is only like three days, but he will be on he'll be in camp for like a week, and then he'll end up getting cut because some other player hit waivers the team wants. But yeah, I think NFL career is officially done. And speaking of more players who NFL career seems to be officially done, DeAndre Baker, New York Giants cornerback. Bad boys, bad boys, boys. What <laughs> you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Yeah, man, DeAndre Baker. You talk about just a complete failure. Of a situation like we well, we always we have a saying around here at 360, 366 sports we always say bad teams stay bad, and the Giants are a bad football team, and everything about the DeAndre Baker situation is bad. DeAndre Baker is a bad football player. DeAndre Baker had horrible horrible work ethic in college. The Giants knew that he had horrible horrible work ethic. Still drafted him anyway, despite trying to be this culture boys organization where they're like everybody here That's is so culture. That's yeah, we have kum- we sing kumbaya every day, and we donate money to charity and whatever. Like they pretend to be these good little culture boys on the Giants. And Dave Gettleman thinks like, oh, we don't have a culture problem anymore. But then they draft this guy, um, and obviously you can't equate domestic like you can't um, uh, you know equate sleeping through meetings to armed robbery. Like there's never there's that's not necessarily a correlation, but Baker should have never been drafted by the Giants. A complete failure of all systems. And now Baker's career is over, too. So I, I was listening to something interesting uh, actually this morning, right before we, we all got on. So uh, uh, Quentin Dunbar's newest lawyer was on Anita Marks' ESPN uh, mm-hmm. betting show. He actually called in very like impromptu. I'm going to call in and I'm going to talk really? about – Quentin Dunbar with Jordan Ronan just happened also to be on because he they were oh, talking cool. about it. So he must have been listening on his drive home and was like, oh, I'm going to call in and talk about this case. He essentially did say that um, Baker legally is going to have a, a, a decent defense because of everything that happened. And he almost yeah, he almost confirmed the fact that the witnesses were paid off. Um he he basically he his, he literally he said you know uh, that that the witnesses received payment from Dunbar's old lawyers who he fired and then he he quickly oh threw the allegedly at the end of him saying that but like the way he said it he was like talking about fact and he was like oh shit allegedly yeah. uh, so, uh, horrible it, it 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 does seem like at this point and he, you know Baker's never going to play another down for the Giants. 
And Never. if some if if he is convicted of this, it's a mandatory ten year sentence in Florida for for, for yeah. his charges. So it, it does seem like DeAndre Baker likely won't be playing in the NFL again. And again, if he if he does, it's going to be something that's not going to happen this year because with COVID, all of these court courts are so backed up. He's probably not going to be mm-hmm. able to get into court until what twenty twenty one maybe. Yeah. So it, it's going to be a very long time before DeAndre Baker steps on the football field, if at all. I think that the worst part of all of that was what you had mentioned, Dan, was that Gettleman had touted this guy as like a, a culture changer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the culture problem was all good. The, the thing that us armchair draft fans don't get the inside perspective on at all that we're totally closed out of is the the meetings with like the character concerns also the medical but like the character concerns is all 100 percent just rumor and hearsay by the time it gets to us so like i i read i read you know baker with uh character concerns and greedy williams with character concerns and honestly it's kind of like you don't know what to take as real and what to take as fake but for this guy who's in the meetings who makes the decisions to interview this guy and have all of this at hand, all this information at hand, and, and still make a selection. Yeah, they knew too. Oh. And, and and this yeah. is this is one of the things that I always say, right? Georgia's coaches, you know, kind of came out and told teams that DeAndre Baker doesn't doesn't practice well. Like he doesn't try in meetings. He doesn't try in practice. Yeah. Like he doesn't study the playbook. They, like they they didn't hide that. And, <laughs> they didn't hide. It. And, and, and this is this is kind of my outlook on things, right? If you're a college football coaching staff, okay, and, you know, recruits are going to look at that stuff. A five-star athlete's going to look at how are the coaches going to talk about me to NFL teams because someday I want to go and play in the NFL, right? It must have been so bad that they were willing to be like, okay, we're not going to lie to the NFL about this. Because yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times these college That's coaches worse. will stand up for those players. Uh, because even even if things weren't the best, they want to they want to keep face. They want to make it look like mm-hmm. they have this great team, this great com- uh, camaraderie with their guys all, that they can you know get their players to buy in. And because you know it goes into recruiting. Because I, I'm sure a future recruit's going to look and see, wow, the, the the Georgia defensive staff ripped DeAndre Baker to, to the NFL. Like, yeah. do I do I want to join that team? Like, if I make one mistake, are they going to do that to me? And I you just normally don't see college coaches do that to their players, so it really must have been something they struggled with his entire yeah, time. Yeah, I, I believe the direct quote was, we had to kick his ass every day to practice. <laughs> that is crazy that you make this grand statement saying, we're trading Odell Beckham to fix the culture, and three days before the draft, Gelman, the direct quote was, Giants do not have a culture problem anymore. Then you take yeah. that guy. Just it's just it just makes no. And sense. then and then I think on top of that, one of the reasons you take a guy like that is because you say that you have this great leader in Janoris Jenkins, which is just also hilarious because the the that Giants, t- you know, they touted him as this bit great defensive back leader in their secondary. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, one on one versus Mike Evans. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it, it, it's not. I mean, this le- so called leader is calling fans retarded on face on Twitter. Yeah, like it, it's yeah. it's. Dropping the other R word that we don't say. So yeah, I mean it's 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 big. Um, all right, so Baker and Geis, they're gonna be voluntar- involuntarily opting out, I guess, of this season. You could say. Let's talk about the guys who voluntarily opted out of the 2020 NFL season. 
couple really big names in the NFL, a couple really big names in college as well. Let's start with the NFL. Obviously, C.J. Mosley, probably the biggest name, would you guys say? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. And I, if you're a Jets fan at this point, you're probably really frustrated, right? Because you signed C.J. Mosley to this monster contract, broke all the linebacker records, and I think he appeared in three games, two or three games last year before you know he, he ultimately was hurt and didn't play the rest of the year. Now he's not playing at all this year. So essentially, I mean, obviously, no, 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 the, the whole cap, they're going to get a bunch of his money back and stuff, so it's not like they're paying him this year. But it's still one of those things where it's but they like, don't get him. <laughs> exactly, they don't get him. If you're, if you're a fan, you must have been psyched. Because CJ Mosley's a fantastic football player. But yeah, oh yeah, he's to, a great player. You have to wait three, two years, two seasons, the third year to essentially, hopefully, see him play. Yeah, that that's wild. Uh, for the Patriots, do you think it would be easier to talk about who didn't opt out because they had eight guys? Oof. What do you mean? They're not inspired to go to a Super Bowl behind uh, J- Jarrett Stidham and Cam Newton? <laughs> Yeah, I, I listen. The Patriots, their their win total dropped um, from not from I believe it was at ten to nine in the span of like a week. I bet the under nine. But here's the thing: the Patriots, um, their unfun environment. I feel like that they have, and this is a little bit of a hot take. Players, I don't think have fun playing there. I That's think it's bad. work and it's hard. And the fact that they're really not a Super Bowl contender this year, I just think most guys are like, you know, I don't want to deal with this. See, I'm going to disagree with you. I just think okay. it, was, it was it was circumstance. I just think it just happened to be – I think Patrick Chung um, just had a, a young kid or he, he has like a, a very young a young child. I think they said Marcus Cannon was a cancer survivor. Uh Donta Hightower just had a uh, just had a kid recently, or is having a kid. I think it was it was a, it was more personal circumstances that kind of hit the Patriots really hard, uh, because they, I mean they, right there I just you know I, I named I named three starters like three pretty important players yeah. to the Patriots. So I, I to me I think it was more personal circumstance of these guys rather than you know any of these guys being like I just don't want to play for Bill Belichick in a in a tough year that we're probably not going to you know be a, a contender. But if you wanted to go on the flip side of that, where the Buccaneers just received Tom Brady, only had one opt-out, which was not yeah. including Donovan Smith, who had just complained about, you know, not I don't want to say complained, but he had just made his uh, worries uh, out open in the public about now he might not want to play. We only lost a backup tackle. Um, I don't know. I don't want to make it an argument like and, these guys all have personal decisions to make on like which one like gets affected more. But I, 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 I do think that does go into it. I just don't oh, think it has that's to. the full decision. I think I think it's one of those it, things it, where it might not be the full decision, but I just feel like if you know, like the it's no secret that the Patriots work harder than every other team. There's like no secret about it. You are going to be working your tail off this year, and your ceiling's probably ten and six. You're more likely to go like eight and eight or seven and nine. I feel like this year with a broken Cam Newton and a new quarterback in Jared Stidham, who we just don't know what to expect from him. You know, it's just it just doesn't sound like an appealing environment. Just red shirt this year, get your body right, stay healthy, come back next year stronger. That's I mean, I can't blame any patriot for opting out. Uh, I so, will also I will, I will also say that the only player for the Bucks that did opt out was considered a high risk opt out. So that that's the other mm-hmm. thing, right? And a lot of people are getting like, for example, Tre'Davious White. Man, this week he got destroyed that's by rough. Bills fans. That's rough because he, he was considering opting Bills fans. Out. Bills fans never tried to destroy people on the internet. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just, Got him. it's like, it, you know, I, I think a lot of these guys, personal decisions have to go, you know, if, if you're a player who already has 
a, a massive contract. You're on your second or third deal, and you have like a two-year-old, a three-year-old, a four-year-old, your wife, kids, etc. I, I could see why you wouldn't even yeah. take the year off. Get right, uh, you know. Get get healthy. You're going to come back next year and play. Uh. Yeah, no, I'm with you because you look at you know like pretty much. I feel like a lot of guys have had good reasons. Like Laurent Devarney Tardif. I just messed up his name, but he's a medical doctor. He's like, you know what? I'm going to keep staying in Canada where he lives and fight COVID. You know, he he's a literal medical doctor. Good for yes. him. That's a good reason to opt out. Eddie Goldman opted out. Um, you know, he's a bigger dude. Marcus Marquise Goodwin. I believe he's lost. I think he's lost a child. He lost a child. And he just had another child. He lost so child. I can't blame him for out. I think out. he lost a child before the child was born. And I think, they, gotcha, I think okay. they, they'd been trying for a very long time. I want to say he lost more than one. Don't quote me on that, though. Yeah. He did act, they, his family did actually just have a, 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 a baby. So don't blame him for opting don't out. Don't blame that, him at like, all. I, mean, can't, I don't blame any of these guys for opting out. Yeah, right. No, I'm it, it, it's a, it's a personal decision that was collectively bargained. Like, it's it's their choice. So, um, you know, I, I definitely think the guys who have gotten it worse are the college guys because college football fans are crazy. I, I love college football. I just find it really tough now that I'm older and I'm in my 20s. Like, I could never, like, tweet at a 16 or 17-year-old kid and be like, F you for not coming to my favorite team. Like, like some people <laughs> do in college football. Like, it's crazy. But I think a lot of these guys who – I don't want to say that, like, some of these guys who are, who are opting out, like Micah Parsons, he probably is getting paid. It's just probably not a lot. Gregory Rousseau, he's probably getting paid. It's just not – like, it's not NFL-level money, though. I don't blame – if I – and I made a video, and a lot of college football fans did not like this. I said, if you're a star college football player who's projected to be a first-round pick, you should opt out. Yes. You should I, opt out. Not I saw that video and I saw the hate on you and it is not warranted because think about it on the flip side. If you're a Joe Burrow and you weren't even a first round pick and you go yeah. in and play, that's the situation where you want to come in and get your stock to rise. If you're already a first round pick, how many more millions are you going to stand to gain by having another successful season versus how many can you lose? Potentially all of them yeah. by getting sick or getting hurt or whatever the case may be. This is, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. This is what I'll say, right? Trevor Lawrence was the big name. Everyone wanted to know if he was going to opt out, right? And he, he said he's not opting out. If you're now, if Trevor Lawrence is going to play this year, and he'll be he'll be good. I, I don't know if he'll be great, but he'll be good. If you're now an NFL team, right, and you need a quarterback and you have the first pick, it doesn't matter because someone will trade up. Yeah. Even if you don't need a quarterback, someone will trade up for Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, by saying this year, I'm going to play football, guaranteed he's the first overall pick because now yeah he, he, he literally said it doesn't matter to me i will be your face of your franchise i'll play in this tough year i'm not going to think about myself i'm going to think about my teammates i and he's also a fantastic quarterback prospect he is probably be the best since andrew Locke. I, I think by coming out and saying i am playing this year he already locked it away he's the first overall pick it, i don't yeah, I, I, there justin fields could outplay him this year and trevor lawrence will still be the first overall pick because of because well, of him doing that yeah, well, that's going to be my question for Billy. Billy, you think it's Fe or Lawrence and Field one and two this year, right? Yeah, with uh, maybe wild card Lance if he uh, Trey Lance if he makes a little production. Okay. I, know, I know teams really like him. I don't. I don't think he's a top of the first round guy yet. But we didn't think about that Burrow about think that we about didn't. Burrow going into last season. So I I also want to say that like I think this whole year the the NFL draft media is going to really play up Lawrence versus Fields, Lawrence versus Fields, Lawrence versus Fields. I think the gap is is very large. Yes. Oh, I, I, I agree. And I, I like Justin Fields, too. I think 
they're both going to be really good NFL quarterbacks. I really do believe that. But yeah, Trevor Lawrence, don't overthink it. He's the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It's not even close. And, and, and these, take him first overall if you have the chance to. The, these guys, these like the, the you know these Trevor Lawrence guys that come around what every ten or so years. Like we had what Manning in the the late nineties. Uh, Luck was what two thousand twelve. 11. 11? No, so it was 12. It was, okay, I think it was 12. It was 12. It was 12. It was 12. So Lawrence is now going to come in in 2021 draft. Like, they only come around, like, literally once every decade where this guy is a yeah. surefire, going-to-be blue-chip QB prospect. Like, they, 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 don't, they don't come around that much, you know? Yep. So you, ha- you have to take one when you have that opportunity. And, and I, for I, th- sure. I think what's going to be interesting is I think there are teams who maybe have young quarterbacks or even a quarterback in place that may – Say I can't pass up on this guy. Like I mean, we, we saw yeah. we saw with the Colts. The Colts had Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning still had good football in him, and they said we, he did. He won another Super Bowl. Like he he ended up setting the NFL touchdown single season record with the Broncos after he left. Like you know he did. So it's it's you can't when you have a guy like that, it's hard. And and I saw an interesting. Um, and I'm a Giants fan, massive Giants fan. Billy's a Bucks fan. We probably should have prefaced it by saying so. You know all of our biases, but. Um, I saw an interesting thing that if the NFL season didn't happen this year, that they might set the draft order by worst winning percentage over the last three years, which would mean the Giants have the number one overall pick. And I like Danny Dimes, but if the Giants have the number one overall pick, guess who I'm yeah. taking? Trevor Lawrence, and I'm not looking yeah. back. That's what I was going to say is somebody pulls in Arizona who had Sam, uh, Josh Rosen, and they yeah. get a new coach, and they're like, hey, man, we got a chance at a generational pick right here. Let's make that pick. And it worked out for Arizona, and I think it would work out for whoever took Lawrence. I, mean, I agree. I, I, I think you even push it one step further if, you know, Matt Stafford gets hurt this year or something happens there and Detroit ends up with the first overall pick. I, I think if you're Detroit and yeah. whoever Detroit's new GM and coach is, uh, because it's not going to be Matt Patricia, <laughs> uh, whoever, whoever. Won't be Matt Patricia. <laughs> whoever, you know, whoever they bring in for that front office and that coaching staff, I think you have to, you know, I think there's a solid chance they take Lawrence. I think really, unless, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. Unless Cincinnati's the first has the first overall pick, you're, 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 again, you're taking Lawrence. Like, it, there, there's only so few teams that won't. You know, uh, obviously, if some some crazy thing happened where Casey somehow got it, but like that's not going to happen either. Uh, it, 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 that's not going to happen. There's Casey Casey's going to win a ten or eleven. There's a handful of teams that won't take Lawrence first overall. I- I think that's a good segment for the next pod, by the way. Uh, how many teams won't take Lawrence? I count two, three Ooh, I like that. in my head right now. Just Seattle, Kansas City, and Cincinnati are the only ones I can see now moving off. I don't, think, I don't think Houston would take him either. Houston okay. wouldn't, no. And I'd okay. say the Ravens wouldn't either. Nope. Yeah, so there's, right. there, there's your, I think those are your, your five. I can't yeah. think of another. Right. What other team? I mean, I guess maybe like Philadelphia, maybe could talk themselves into trading back and getting a, a massive. I, I mean, Philadelphia just took Jalen Hurts, so yeah, they, they have Wentz on their team. <laughs> like they can't even cut Wentz for two years, and they took Hurts. Like I don't yeah. know if they believe in Wentz in Philly that much because he, he's just so injury prone. He Wentz is a good quarterback, but he's he's hurt a lot. Um, I just that's weird. That's weird. Um, yeah, that is a good. We could we could we could talk a little bit more about this in the next episode for sure. But college football is going to look different this year, and I don't think I'm, I'm going to like it as much. Like I'll take it, but it's it's going to be sad. I do think it's going to be fun seeing that some of these teams play like ten conference games, twelve conference games. Like yeah. I do think that's going to make things a lot more interesting because every game is going to 
you know, it's, it's every game's in conference. It's gonna every game's gonna kind of matter a little bit more. I think we're gonna see less games that are like fifty to zero. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I will say this though: like if you're Clemson, Clemson, you're undefeated. Congratulations! Like, uh, if, yeah, the only challenging game on Clemson's get. I think they play Notre Dame, right? So, um, it, I think you know, yeah, Notre that's Dame. That's really the only game that's Notre working Dame to be is remote playing ACC, so that would make sense. Yeah, so. they're gonna play Miami without their best player on defense. Yeah. Yeah, like Clemson undefeated, congratulations. Like the SEC, though, I'm excited to see that because there's four teams in the SEC this year that I think could be national title contenders with LSU, University of Florida, obviously Alabama, and then uh, Gerdargs, Bulldogs, Georgia. So, yeah, Billy's in it. You see, Billy, if you're watching on video, you can see Billy's uh, FSU national champions uh, flag behind him. <laughs> Sorry, so. you said that, and I kind of, kind of like you had to gag bit. when I said UF. It's it's um, involuntary. Sorry. Yeah, I just wish that FSU and UF could play this year because mm-hmm. that's always a fun game. So it stinks that, that they can't. All right, let's let's move along though. Talk about some most improved teams and most deproved. Deproved. Yes, it's not yes, a word, sir. but you know exactly what we're talking about. Most deproved teams this year in the NFL. Let's start with most improved teams. I'm gonna throw it to Billy first. Billy, give me your most improved team in the NFL going into 2020. All right. Well, I figured we just have a nice 30 minute spiel about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best <laughs> team in the league? Nah, I'm sorry. I can't. For my branding, I would love to do that, but no, nah, I can't do that. If, there's two options, I think, for the most improved team this year. We're going to look at it from a by wins. I can't really judge it by just, like, personnel. Like, I, that's sure. just purely opinion. So we'll go by wins as a benchmark. If you, wanted to take the, if you want to take the math option, I really like Cincinnati's chances to be the most improved team because uh, they added not only this year's first-round pick, Joe Burrow, but sneakily they're going to have the addition of last year's first-round pick, Jonah Williams, who didn't get to play. On that front, they only won two games. I don't really like anything like we covered in our last video. I don't really think that anything that they did outside of that is going to carry them to any kind of success for this year. But if you won two games, you go to six wins. That's a four-game improvement. That's pretty significant from coming out of the cellar to uh, being a team that's just regular bad instead of bad bad. Um, But if there was a team that I'm excited about in terms of uh, most improved team, I really like – what the Cardinals are cooking down there in Arizona. I think that's okay. a strong, I think that's a, a strong roster. Uh, five, 10 and one last year, they had to be losers and get that tie and make sure nobody could remember their record. But uh, <laughs> year two of going into Shanahan and Kyler Murray, this could be, this could be the sophomore slump. I, I I'm really wary of year two for NFL pros because I don't know whether they're going to burst onto the scene or just regress, but I would bet on them improving mostly because of the weapons that they've added into Kyler's arsenal being uh, obviously DeAndre Hopkins for uh, a second round pick and a sack of potatoes. But uh, the rest of their wide receiver core is really well rounded out. They had Christian Kirk, who's not an X. He's not a number one receiver, but he was a good gadget guy. He can be slot on the outside. And they added another one of a different, uh, like a different form with LaVisca Chenault, who's kind of like a running back playing wide receiver. He's not the gadget yeah, guy that, He's big, right? He's, he's a big boy. He's a big guy. Yeah. But he, he can play slot and outside too, kind of like how Kirk can, but they do it in very different ways. I just think that's going to be a mismatch nightmare offense, especially with Kyler. Oh, and they still have Larry Fitzgerald. 
Oh, yeah, Isabella, I believe as well, who's a slot guy. Like they yep. have the best, probably pound for pound, the best receiving core in the NFL. I would say the only thing thing that concerns me about the Cardinals is the O line. Matt, were you going to say the same thing? I, I mean, I was also I was actually going to add the fact that you know they chase Edmonds and, and Kenyon Drake. I probably should have said Kenyon Drake yep. first because Kenyon Drake is the guy there. But yeah. both of those two guys are, are very solid NFL running backs. So I, I think Drake's going to take a, a bulk of the work. Edmonds is a fine number two. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're going to run a lot of plays, those, they're going to run the ball quite a bit. Like the, the Cardinals offensively are set up extremely well. It's, I think obviously the big question mark is how good of a coach is Cliff Kingsbury, which we'll, we'll, we'll find out a little bit, a little bit more this year. I think on that. I called Matt. him Shanahan earlier. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, kind of similar. Yeah, they they similar styles. That that NFC West has some of the br- best and brightest young coaches with McVay, Shanahan, um, and Kingsbury, and then obviously you have Pete Carroll, who's like ninety. You know, but you know, it's it, it's an Don't interesting it. division. Does not look it, but he's he's a little he's up there. So, mm-hmm. um, Matt, give me your most improved team heading so, into this year. If if you're if we're going solely by win total. Um, I Detroit Detroit won three games last year. If Matthew Stafford is healthy the whole year, they're winning probably like seven or eight. So I think right there, that's where you see the the most. I'd say the biggest jump in win total because I again okay. I, don't, I don't think the Lions with Matthew Stafford are going to be absolutely terrible. I just I also don't think they're going to be very good. That's not Matthew Stafford's fault. That's just because the team's not very good. I think Matthew Stafford sure. makes that team better, which is why they'll they'll win you know seven or eight games. Um, but in, in terms of who I think is like the actually the most improved team, I, I'm going to go with Miami. So obviously, I, I don't know if Tua plays this year. I don't know. Um, I'd redshirt him this year personally. But even if Tua doesn't play, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and include him in there because I do think eventually he'll be an improvement at quarterback. I think the quarterback room, which is the most important position, <clears throat> gets better because of Tua. They did a lot of really good things with that line. They added a lot of rookies. They they took, they took Austin Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest Austin Jackson fan, but I think he's an improvement over the guys that they had. Um, on top of all of that, I, I think another year of Brian Flores being a head coach mm-hmm. is really going to benefit them. I think he is good. He, by yeah, the way, I'm, I'm a believer. Really good. I'm a believer. That was the worst team in the NFL last year, and he won five games with them. So they, they, they improved their offensive line, which was already awful. I don't know if it's going to be great this year, but it's going to be better. They added pieces to their backfield um, with Jordan Howard and, uh, and, and Matt Breda. I think that's a great one-two punch. <clears throat> Another year of Mike Gusecki. I think Mike Gusecki could be a little bit, you know, he, he, tight ends always take a little bit to, to kind of come on. So Mike Gusecki, again, another year older. Honestly, this could be the year where he breaks out a little bit. Um, you, you know, they have decent weapons uh, on the outside. Even if they have Fitzpatrick all year. And again, they might only win five games again. Like, that's that's a very realistic possibility. They might only win yeah. five games again. But I think in terms of actual personnel, they immensely improved. And that doesn't even include what they did on the defensive side of the ball by bringing in Byron Jones, yeah. who is one of the best corners in the league. With Xavier, uh, Xavier Howard, Xavier Howard on the other side, that's a great cornerback group. And they yeah. also drafted a cornerback in the first round. I always butcher his name, so if one of you guys want to try to, oh yeah, that, Noah Igbahogany. There you go, Igbahogany. That's it. Igbahogany. There we go. I think that's it. Yeah. So I he's mean, he's good too from Auburn. The guy, yeah, he's he's really good. Um, they're building something down there. They're building something down there. Mm-hmm. And they're in a very unique situation where. Um, by the time 
that you know next year or the year after when they're really ready to compete. Uh, we don't know where the Patriots are going to be because the Patriots don't have a quarterback. Uh, the Bills at this point have probably accepted in a year or two that Josh Allen's not going to not very good, or they've already paid him money, which would be fantastic for the entire AFC, AFC because he's not very good. And then, I mean, the only concern would be is the fact that the Jets maybe fire Adam Gase and actually bring in a coach, <laughs> in which case maybe the the Jets could be good because Sam Donald's a hell of a quarterback, but. You know, Miami's, so underrated. Miami's positioning themselves in a very good in a very good spot where in a couple of years they can be competing for that division and be good because the rest of the division may not. Oh, and, and by the way, Miami, they own the Texans first and second round picks in the twenty twenty one draft. And I think you can make Ooh. a very strong argument that the Texans are not a playoff team next year. So they could be pretty high picks for the Dolphins. Could, yeah, they could easily have two top top twenty picks next year. Yeah. So, crazy. All right, I'll give you guys my most improved team this year. And, I listen, I love what this team is doing. It's the Denver Broncos. I personally think they've had yeah. the most underrated and under-the-radar offseason. But look at what they did. You know, first off, let's start with the wide receivers. Jerry Judy was my mm. favorite receiver coming out. This dude is going to be an absolute baller for the Denver Broncos. Drew Locke could throw the ball a mile with that altitude, right? Drew Locke's going to love chucking some balls downfield to Jerry Judy, who's a great route runner. K.J. Hamler, a slot guy, he's going to be speedy. Okay, speedy. they take Lloyd. It's very fast. Um, I you know, I think he's going to do well there. Lloyd Cushenberry, they draft a good center, who I think is going to be solid. They get Jarrell Casey in to help shore up their interior defensive line. Bradley Chubb's returning from an ACL injury. Um, you trade for A.J. Boye, who really, really helps the back end of your defense. You sign Kareem Jackson. Like, you, you retain Justin Simmons. You know, like, this team got better on both sides of the ball. And, by the way, they also signed Melvin Gordon, who I don't really even think he's going to help them that much. But I think it's going to be cool for them to be able to use both Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon in the backfield because I think they're very different runners. So I think they're going to complement each other well. So I think the Broncos are a playoff team. You know, last season, uh, the Denver Broncos, you know, were good. Uh, they, they really caught on towards the end of the year, I felt like. Um, but they ended up only winning seven games. This year, I think they easily win 10 games. I think they're easily a wild-card team behind Kansas City. I think that a lot of that depends on how good Drew Locke is. But I do, it I, does. I will say. It de definitely does. I will say from a personnel standpoint, the Denver Broncos did improve a whole lot you know, over the last year, essentially. And I do think that personnel-wise, they, they have the pieces. Again, it's going to be a matter of do they have the quarterback? Because if Drew Locke sucks, it's not going to matter. They'll only win seven games. They'll only win six games. You know, very true. And I personally was not a believer of Drew Locke coming you know, out of the draft. He did look damn good last year, though. Just want to say that. So. Uh, he he looked really good, except for in one facet of the game that's really important. His, his air yards per attempt were extremely low. Really? I would look for that. Yeah, really low. Air. He threw it really short. Like, to bottom five, I believe it was in air yards per attempt. He did not like to throw it deep. Um he will now have the weapons and the speed to be able to. So I think we're going to find out pretty quickly whether or not it's Drew Locke or it's you know the rest of the offense keeping him from. Yeah, uh, his his air yards for attempt was six point six, and his yards per attempt was six point five. So they were really dinking and dunking it. Like he was not throwing the so ball downfield at all. Do you think they were maybe protecting him from himself a little bit? I yeah, I, as a rookie. I, I I think that there are a lot of people, and Dan, you're you're one of them that they've they've because the Broncos are are you know. Probably everyone's. I think uh, if you start a list of the most improved teams, I think Broncos normally like one or two on the list. I think that that 
they could be a team that kind of disappoints like Cleveland did last year if Drew Locke isn't it. And I think that's sure. a huge question mark. And, and, huge and, question and mark. I don't disagree with I don't disagree with you there, but I think personnel wise, like they did a really really good job in the draft. They did a really really good job in, in free agency and with some trades this offseason to where if Drew Locke is the guy, they could easily win ten games and be a wild card. They're not winning that division. Kansas City's got that wrapped up already. Shouldn't even bother playing the season. Uh, if wild you're, card. yeah, I mean, but you're a wild card team for Denver, um, and and I, I'm I'm really really excited to see watch them play. They're going to make the four o'clock window interesting this year, because yeah. um, a lot of times there's just some crappy games on uh, when all those teams are bad. But I think I think the four o'clock game is going to be is going to be fun this year. I don't think that they're going to be entirely electric this season, but if you wanted to do the look-ahead game and look into maybe three, four years into the future, if they can keep that core offensive unit together, I think that's going to be one of the best offensive personnel groups in the league behind uh, Fant, uh, the speed of Cortland Sutton out there, Jerry Judy oh once God, he gets yeah. the college. Philip Lindsay's two for two seasons on mm-hmm. 1,000 yards. I don't know what people want. I don't know why he's not getting talked about. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal running. back. He's a great mm-hmm. back. So if, yeah. if they can keep that together for another couple seasons, I think they can really gel into a unit. But this season, I'm not entirely sold that they're going to do anything more than a wild card. All right, cool. Well, there we go. So we got a lot of good opinions, a lot of good teams that could do a lot of good things this year, could really improve this year. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about, in this segment, we're going to call it pay the man. Let's talk pay about some man. guys who are either – do for new contracts that need to get that are going to either prove that they're going to get paid really well uh, going into uh, 2021 free agency or some guys who might need a new contract now. Billy, this was your segment idea, so I'm going to go to you first for this. We're going to pay the man. I got a team, a player that's near and dear to both of our hearts because I think the two best landing spots in the entire league for this player is going to be the New York Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Really? Yes, for totally different reasons, but this is the guy, and I think you're going to hate it. I think you're going to hate it. (laughs) I want want Logan Ryan on the Giants and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Your quarterback is so bad. You're so bad. Now, look, uh, now for you guys, it's a worse decision because he's bad. Look, he was first in solo tackles, but that's because he was first in targets and first in receptions allowed. Okay, those are bad stats covering up a good stat. Okay, but you have no corners. Sam Beal, the supplemental draft player, and I'm sorry, who's starting on the other side for the Giants? Sam, Sam Beal opted out. out. Yeah, he oh. opted out. So <laughs> good. Okay, Giants suck. We know this. With the Giants stink, they're gonna stink. Okay, so so he could he could start and be a bad corner on a bad team for the Giants, but I think if he comes to Tampa and he's the fourth corner. And he's teaching guys who the the veteran in the locker room is Carlton Davis in his third year, and and we're not expecting him to be anything more than a, a dime corner and a basically a coach. I think that that's a really good spot for him to fit. Hear me out. Hear me out for this idea for Logan Ryan. What if the Bucks sign him as a wide receiver because Tom Brady is used to throwing him the football? There you go. Why not? Then we have the best <laughs> we have the best wide receiver group in the league as it is. We got room. Why not? I, listen, I think it would make more sense for you guys. But go ahead, Matt. There's a, a portion of Giants fans that really want Logan Ryan, and I'm going to tell you right now why they want Logan Ryan. 
Okay, yeah. and there's there's some Giants beat writers that also love Logan Ryan and stuff. Go and the off, reason baby. Why, the reason why they love Logan Ryan is because those beat writers, and I'm not calling anyone specifically out because it's more than just Art Stapleton who I had a argument <laughs> with him. It was it was a pretty respectful just debate on why the Giants. Okay, by the way, Art's the best too. Yeah, I I, I totally Art's love Art Stapleton. Art Stapleton yes. is, is my favorite Giants beat writer, so I just I want to point that out right now. Art, he's my favorite Giants beat writer. We love Art Stapleton, but but. But Art, Art, Art has covered Art has covered high school football in New Jersey. Logan Ryan is born and raised in New Jersey. Played high school football oh. in New Jersey. He went to Rutgers, went which to Rutgers. is in yeah. New Jersey. Oh. So he, is, he, you know, Logan Ryan's very near and dear to I think a lot of uh, of football fans in New Jersey's hearts. So I, I think okay. that's why they want to see Logan Ryan play for the Giants in in, in twenty uh, in twenty twenty. With that being said, Logan Ryan told Miami that he wanted more than $10 million a year back in March, according to the Miami Herald. There's no way I'm paying him more than $10 million a year. Now, if you told me that Logan Ryan was going to come in, his base salary is going to be like $2 million, and he had some incentives built in where he can get to maybe five, I probably wouldn't like destroy the move. I don't know if I would love it. But I, I wouldn't be sitting here saying this was a terrible move. But I'm worried the Giants are going to give him eight to ten million dollars a year. Oh come on, Matt! Terrible. When has Dave Gettleman ever overpaid anybody in free agency? <laughs> and I, I also do you have a character check on him, real quick? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we get a, can we get a reference? Can I we talk to his college so, coaches? So, can we so talk to Greg Schiano? This is the thing, right? Logan Ryan actually, and I hate bashing him. Bashing him, I think he has a whole lot for dogs. Like every month, I think he pays for like a dog to be adopted by a family. So, like, yeah. I'm sure Logan Ryan's a, is a great, great human being. With that being said, like, I don't want to pay him ten million dollars a year again if, if it's a low base salary heavy heavy incentive deal maybe i i won't destroy that i won't but i i think it's going to be tough to pull a guy who has two young kids who hasn't been on a team all off season i think it's gonna to be tough to, to lure him to come play football this year with all these players adopted out without paying him a, a pretty decent sum of money yeah and that's why i'm totally against the Giants signing logan ryan but again, I don't think you'll find anyone arguing if he, he signed a, a relatively cheap deal. Okay, I like it. Matt, who do you want to pay this year? Or so, who do you think should get paid? So, um, I put three players down. Okay, uh, Two Let's I think it. are common sense. Deshaun Watson okay. is going to get paid. They should yeah. pay, pay the man. Yeah. George Kittle. George Kittle's going yeah. to reset the tight end market. Pay the man. I, I George Kittle's going to be the the top paid tight end in, in football for probably a while. I don't think anyone's well, yeah. going to to beat that. There, he's going to get wide receiver money because that's the type of value he brings. That's to that's the thing to watch, especially if they they come to blows and they franchise tag him. There's always a debate whether they're. Gonna, I think actually it was Jimmy Graham was the last big tight end. I think, but he got flexed out a lot. George Kittle's going to have a rough time getting that because he's he inline blocks so well. Yeah. Yeah, he's he. I mean, he's the most complete, in my opinion. Kittle's the most complete tight end since Prime Gronk. Mm-hmm. So, pay the so, man. You're right. Yeah, th- this, is, yeah. this is where my Giants bias comes in. Okay, from the pay the okay. man. This is where my Giants bias comes in. Please, 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 pay Dak Prescott. Pay the man. Give <laughs> Dak Prescott all his demands. Make him the highest paid quarterback in football. Have him beat that Mahomes contract. Pay Dak Prescott. Please pay Dak Prescott. Give him he 40, wants 40 million. million a year. Give him 45. 
pay Dak Prescott. Pay the man. Yeah. Pay him. Listen, I think that they should give him, I mean, Patrick Mahomes-type money. Maybe Jerry should give him a little bit of ownership maybe in the, yep. in the team. Like, whatever he's got to do to keep his guy. Um, you know, Dak's, you know, career, you know, career year last year definitely was not an outlier. It definitely, if you look at his numbers, it definitely wasn't an outlier on the bell curve. He's definitely not going to regress to what he was before. So they should totally pay him. I'm with you, man. So I know that this segment is called pay the man, but I want to do a little pivot on you guys. I want to, I want to give you guys a little hezzy hay right here. Right pivot! <laughs> pivot! Great episode of Friends. Um, but I'm going to change mine to... Don't pay the man. That's Ooh. right. Don't pay the man. And I'm going to come after one of Billy's guys, a Florida State Seminole, a Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook. Do not pay this man any amount of money. Do not do it. If you're Minnesota, if you're Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, who I feel like probably hates everybody because he's just, that's just how he is. He's a, just old school, you know, football hardo Mike Zimmer. Do not pay Dalvin Cook. Listen. The guy is always hurt. He's only played in 29 out of a possible 48 games. So roughly a little over half. Not very good. On top of that, running backs, when you pay running backs, it completely kills your salary cap. So paying a guy who's going to always be hurt, who plays the position where guys have the shortest careers, who, by the way, you're going to have to take up more salary cap to do it, and it's going to be a disproportional amount of salary cap to do it on a team that could definitely get away with not paying him would be absolutely terrible. They could just play Madison. They could draft a guy in the fourth round next year, and it will probably have the same effect. So do not pay Dalvin Cook. So I actually I want to say something real quick. I think a lot of people are probably going to be listening to this on Monday morning, August 10th. So happy birthday, Dalvin yes. Cook. Because that's actually his birthday. <laughs> oh, man. So Dan, Dan – I ruined his birthday. Yeah. He's going to be crushed. He's going to be crushed. Dan dunked on him on his Dal- birthday. Dalvin Cook is an avid listener. He's going to be crushed yeah. when he hears this on Monday morning. Listen, Dalvin Cook is going to be turning 25 on Monday. Dalvin, you're old enough to hear the truth. You do not deserve to get paid. And, oh, man. So there you go. It's, one of, it's with, with running backs, right? It's one of those things where it's like, Man, hear it. there, there's a group of guys that maybe should get paid. Then there's a group mm-hmm. of guys where you're like, if I pay him, he's never actually going to meet the value I have to pay him. And Dalvin Cook's in that category. Running backs really got have gotten screwed over by the recent CBA deals. Like now they can't hold out. So Dalvin Cook has no leverage over Minnesota this year whatsoever because he can't hold out. And he, but that's a good thing for him because, like, you look at it, you look look at the guys who have held out. Le'Veon Bell, that did not work out for him. Okay, See, Melvin Gordon, that did not work out for him. Holding out, running back should just play and just hope that a team's dumb enough to give him ten million bucks. See, but I think I think it's one of those situations where I think it's dumb to hold out until like through the season. I think it's one of the things where he could try to put pressure on them, threaten to hold out during the year, and ultimately show up week one. Yeah. You know? So it, 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 it's. Fair. It's one of those things where he can at least maybe appear to have a little bit of leverage, maybe make the Vikings a little bit nervous. Maybe they'll make a deal. You know, they might come up a little bit on their offer. One of those types of things. I don't even know. Are they even? Are the Vikings even actually actively having contract extension talks with him? It doesn't seem like the Vikings have a lot of interest in bringing him no. back. No. Also, um, I, 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 I'm with you on that. I also just got a notification from Ian Rappaport. Did you know that Joe Flacco was on the Jets? Yes, backup quarterback. I didn't yeah. like that's crazy. I thought he retired. Nope. Yeah, How does he have he, a job? 
I read that he was on the <laughs> on like the PUP list. He was on the pup list, and I thought yeah, it was funny because like maybe he was like making out with people trying to one up uh, Sam Donald. Yeah, like, true. He's getting he's getting a little mono COVID action there. Yeah. I guess he has an issue with his neck. But that's I totally and I think I knew that, but I just totally forgot. Joe Flacco and the Jets. That's the perfect place for him I mean, to just go and fade to black. So so I, I expect, honestly in this in this year of covid and with the way sam donald likes to just make out with <laughs> random girls after wins joe flacco signed a one year like one and a half million dollar deal with the jets he's a bargain he's a total bargain and you know what we're gonna get that joe flacco game this year it's gonna be awesome where he's gonna like be like yeah you know the jets are gonna play like the dolphins or somebody like oh they'll be like five point favorites but yeah flacco you know he's probably good enough just to win one game and he's gonna go out there and throw like three picks and i can't wait it's going to be awesome. So, it's, so, so what you're saying, the Sam Darnold. So we have the Sam Darnold mono games. So we're going to have the Sam yeah. Darnold COVID games with Joe Flacco starting. Hun, hun, we will get one Sam Darnold injury and or illness game this year where he's too hurt to play or he has COVID. And Joe Flacco will come in and he will throw like three or three to five interceptions in his ninth symphony swan song before yep. fading into the black and retiring. The I, I really it's be prime bad Flacco. Prime oh, it's going to be Flacco. just, it's going to be the deep ball interceptions. It's mm-hmm. going to, it's just going to be just everything you dreamed of just to perfectly encapsulate a decent career, a super bowl winning career, but really the last few years have been pretty so, bad to watch. So, so what I want really badly is I want a photo of Joe Flacco Standing next to Makai Becton, standing next. To him. And, and then, wait, wait, and then in between them, I want Jamison Crowder. Oh yeah. So if Joe Flacco, maybe NFL. If Joe Flacco could play one game, and I can get a Joe Flacco, Makai Becton, Jamison Crowder photo, I NFL NFL twenty twenty season will be perfect. That's what I want. It'll be like that Aaron Judge Jose Altuve photo. You know what I mean? Where Aaron Judge is like six foot eleven and. Altuve is like five foot six, and he's also a cheating scumbag. Um, or from like the moral perspective, it'll be like Tim Tebow throwing a Riley Cooper and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll just be it'll just be glorious. I'm I'm with you there. Um, but yeah, okay. So Joe Flacco's on the Jets. Um, all right, last segment. We're gonna do a segment because this is mostly a football. We're football guys. Like we love football, and football's coming up. But there are some other sports going on right now. So we're gonna briefly talk about. What's going on with other sports? So I'm going to throw it to Matt really quickly. Matt, can you give us an update on who is going the race to get swept by the LA Lakers? So it's very, give us it's very popular. If you're on NBA Twitter, you see anyone posting, it's all the race for eight, the race for eight, the race for eight. Let's be real. It's the race to who's going to get swept by the Lakers. So whoever ends up, you know, there's going to be a play-in game. It's going to be really exciting. The NBA is going to make this big deal about whatever team is going to end up getting swept by LA. And it's not even going to be close. It's going to be four straight games. LA is probably going to win every game by like 20 points. Not even going to be close. So the Grizzlies right now still have the eighth seed. But there is going, if results hold, there will be a play-in game against the Trailblazers. This is where the Trailblazers have to win two in a row. The Grizzlies are 0-4. Like, there's a very real... Very real Alexa is in the background deciding that she's going to talk right now. So if you're hearing that, Alexa thinks that she, Alexa's Alexa. a big Lakers fan. She must be. <laughs> she can't connect to the internet. That's perfect. She's so needy, dude. <laughs> yeah. So so she, So okay. The the Trailblazers right now have a have a play in game. Um I actually think it's pretty realistic that the Trailblazers actually take the eighth seed. 
and that the Grizzlies or the Spurs or the Pelicans or the Suns, one of these other teams, have to have to have the play-in game. Of course, the Grizzlies are really lucky because I think they have like a two or three game lead on on most on most of the the backside teams, so they can kind of coast to the play-in potentially if they could just win a couple games. It's it's gonna be fun to see who will be swept by the Lakers, but ultimately that is the outcome. So like we shouldn't yeah. overhype this. How much do you think the NBA is going to try to rig it so that Zion and the Pelicans get the eight seed so they could be like when LeBron sweeps Zion, they're like they have this like mentorship like uh be like they embrace at the end of the series and LeBron's like, Listen, you're gonna get there soon one day and ESPN just milks it for three days, they do a thirty for thirty on it. How much do you it's, think the NBA is gonna to try to do that? Well the NBA already did because they gave Yeah, that's what it feels like, honestly. The, 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 way, the way they, they, they included the Pelicans in the in the tournament, the way they set the tournament up to make sure the Pelicans got in, uh-huh. and the schedule they gave them where they're yeah, I mean, the, the Pelicans only have three games left, so they're gonna need some yeah. help. They they play the Spurs, who are also in that spot to compete. They mm-hmm. play the Kings and they play the Magic. So it's not like they they're playing. Magic the are the best team in the NBA. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's right. not like it's not like they're playing all these all these teams. You know, they, they but you know like all these good teams. But they have to win all three games. Like like for them to yeah. really have a realistic shot, especially with the fact that you have you know other teams also have to play games and likely will win at least some of their games. They have to win all three games if they if they're gonna have a chance at all all right i like it billy you said you've been watching a lot of baseball yeah i'm a big baseball guy yeah so give me your thoughts on the season so far i'm a yankees fan a lot of people don't like that but i am a yankees fan yeah um you know the yankees rays had probably the most boring game of all time yesterday but one zero a defensive battle baby yeah ultimate battle but billy you know, who are some teams you really like? Just give us, like, two or three teams really quickly who you think can make a run. Maybe aside from, like, the Yankees and the Dodgers, who are the most popular ones. Yeah, on the spot. yeah, again, so we'll take off my bias from the from the Rays. I really do like the Rays. Uh, uh, I, 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 they obviously ran into some issues, and this is a 60-game series, so it's not like they have a lot of chances to make up any improvement. If I was to go on the spot and pick a team that I really like, mm, Haters be damn, man. I really like the Nationals. I know that, I know Whoa. it's kind of crazy. I know. Haters be damn. I know. I, I think this is more than just a Bryce Harper uh, team. I thought they were a good team before that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they want they won a World Series without him. And they still have mm-hmm. some of the best starting pitching in the league. Mm-hmm. So, and with the, the pitching is going to be absolutely crucial in a series. Like, the, the arms are going to be elongated. We're cutting down yeah. on bullpen watching and pitch counts. It's going to be a lot about pitching, and I think they're, they're yeah. pretty strong. I'm with you. So all right, I and I'll give you guys. I don't, go ahead, man. I don't right. watch baseball real quick, but damn, those Miami Marlins are hot. Yeah, they <laughs> they, so hot right I, now. No, they they've won five straight games. Feverishly hot. They're feverishly hot. The Miami Marlins. I'm uh, not even making so a joke about right it. They're seven and one. I think. <laughs> I, I, I can't know. believe that. Because you it's know it's funny. Because my one friend, my one friend Tyler, uh, he's a big Marlins guy, and we were all literally like. All of us in our group chat were like, we're all betting the under on the Marlins. And every every single one of us did, except Tyler. Tyler's like, I'm betting the over on the Marlins. And he's just been having a little bit of fun with that because Marlins are 7-1. Didn't see that one coming. Nope. And everybody called Derek Jeter a madman. Um, well, he is, but. So, yeah, yeah, he kind of is. But, yeah. Um, and then I'll give you guys a quick little NHL recap real quick uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs because I've watched hockey. I've watched more hockey this week 
Uh, and I will always watch the playoffs. Stanley Cup playoffs are my favorite thing to watch in all sports. This week has been one of the best hockey weeks ever. So many upsets. The Pittsburgh Penguins screwed over a lot of people who bet on them um, by losing to the Canadians. The Edmonton Oilers, Connor McJesus should demand a trade right now for losing. Mm-hmm. Both five seeds lost. Both five seeds lost to 12 seeds in the NHL. Mm-hmm. That's why I love the NHL playoffs. It's so unpredictable. That Columbus Blue Jackets, Toronto Maple Leafs series, by the time this podcast is out, it might be over. But game four, where the Blue Jackets were up by three goals, and they were about to eliminate the Maple Leafs, and the Maple Leafs scored three goals to tie it in under four minutes left in the game? Are you kidding me? The Stanley Cup playoffs are the best. And then on top of that, my Tampa Bay Lightning are ready through the next round. They're going to win the Stanley Cup this year. And it's our year, and it's going to be fun. Bring it home, baby. Bring it home. Boom. That's it. And the Bruins are going to get eliminated by the Hurricanes. Happy birthday. So I will, just because you said that, Dan, I will push this Mm -hmm. out, the get out before the Blue Jackets and Maple Leafs play tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. This will be out before that. With that being said, with that being said, I do think a lot of people will be listening to this Monday morning anyway. So Yeah. They probably will. If you're, if you're listening on your commute, for just pretend that – because I think the Maple Leafs are going to unfortunately win the series, and I hate them. And I also, by the way, I wrote a blog that I published right before they scored the first goal. Uh, the blog was called John Tavares Ruined Two Franchises. <laughs> and I published it. and But I'm not going to unpublish it because I stand by my takes. I stand by my takes. But the only thing that's going to be embarrassing is that if the Leafs do go on a run, because I was literally making fun of them being eliminated – Four from the Stanley Cup playoffs and not winning a series since 2004 when George Bush was in his first term and when there was no such thing as Facebook and Twitter. Like, I was just ragging on the Leafs. So, I, I listen, I stand by my bad takes. I stand by all my takes. Um, and I, I have no regrets for publishing it early, even though I do have some regrets for publishing it too early. No regrets. No regrets. No, not even a letter. <laughs> not even a letter. So, all right, Matt. Any Anything else from you, Matt? No, I think I think I think I'm good. Cool, Billy. Any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, Levante David beat Devin White in a race year nine. Ooh. That's pretty wild. That is insane. Devin Just White is a young buck. Late, late addition to uh, bad boys. Bad boys. What are you gonna do? Yeah, he's a bad, bad man, Levante David. Uh, my closing thoughts are: I hope you all have a great rest of your weekend. And if you're listening to this on Monday, I hope your work week is fun. And, by the way, it is the Tampa Bay Lightning's year. Where, so, where, thank you all for listening. Wait, real quick, Dan. Where does Devin White fall in your top 10 LSU players list? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is – let me find, let me see if I could get the list up. Hold on. Because I don't know if he's actually – All right. We actually, I like Devin White. We actually don't want to wait for Dan to do that. So we'll, That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what we'll do is we'll open – Yo, up, that's fair. We'll open up the show next week with who Dan's – where uh, Devin White falls on Dan's LSU players list. So, Dan, you gave us two players this time. Next week, give us where Devin White is, and give us where the third guy, who, who the third guy is. How about that? Okay, you got it. And that deep, sounds like deep, a plan. Deeproved teams next week too. Deeproved teams next week because we forgot that. Yep, anyway, that happens. Dilly Whoops. dilly. Uh, fun first episode. Subscribe to it. Thank you for watching or listening, and we'll see you next time.